Glasses on Big Data Analytics and the Latest Trends in the Digital World. I am your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? So, so one of the things that's interesting, what I really am excited about for, for this episode today is today is an introductory um, of a basically a five-part series that we're doing. This is actually the six of the five uh, parts but we're going to be taking on, you know, digital transformation. And so Samir and I have been really passionate about this topic for years. And it's something to where it's through our experience, we've come up with these five domains that we really want to focus on that, you know, a lot of different people focus on, but, you know, for us, I think let's start with talking about, you know, to our audience, why this is important before we go into the details. Why is digital transformation so important today? Yeah, and I think that's a great topic, Jeremy. I think from our background, both of us have been in digital world for quite some time, specifically when it comes to marketing side of things, mm -hmm. right? And the, the theme of this series that we're going to, that Jeremy's talking about, is going to be from digital marketing to digital transformation journey. Uh, and the, today is the first part of the series, so this is more like an introduction. Why, why we think that digital marketers should start moving from the core digital elements of marketing to more of a transformative elements. Um, mm -hmm. We feel that, first off, the world is changing. Um, the industry yes. is changing. We all talk about the disruption in the marketing technology space, you know, going from a few hundred different types of marketing and sales technology about seven, eight years ago to like 7,000 plus. Yep. Uh, there is uh, not only disruption happening in the marketing, but disruption happening across the board. So if you were to align with your finance department per se, that fintech is being disrupted. Your traditional forms of credit card based or debit card based payments are no longer valid. There's Apple Pay, Google Pay, and all sorts of payments mm -hmm. processing happening in that world. Uh, think, talk about the, your sales counterpart. Uh, the things that's happening on the sales side uh, with the transformation driven by the big giants like Salesforce or smaller company like Outreach.io that mm -hmm. is transforming the outbounding sales experiences. Uh, you talk about your procurement uh, and your core technology department, like everything, you know, everything is moving to cloud there. So there's disruption happening there. So there's just so many different examples. You know, day-to-day -day life, right? You know, Netflix disrupted Blockbuster, and Netflix itself got disrupted. The original model was a DVD-based model. They're moving completely to now uh, to the streaming model. And now they're disrupting that again, and they're moving to an international streaming model with international episodes and, um, and soap operas. Well, that is the and, reason why we feel that it is, it is overdue for marketers, for sales professionals to start incorporating uh, digital transformation, not only at the ground level, but all the way up the senior leadership level. Well, even if you think something that's closer to home to me too with Adobe is, is Adobe's move uh, into a SaaS-based subscription model from basically a physical DVD model, right? Or sorry, say right. CD model, Absolutely. right? That's a great example. And same thing, Microsoft, like they're going through this massive, massive transformation as an organization with the legacy, uh, you know, PC-based systems to more cloud-based, yep. subscription-based systems, very similar to what you guys have done in Adobe successfully. Exactly. And it's, it's amazing because when you think about it, you know, one of the things we, let's first highlight what these five domains are. And then I think it's important for us to really talk about what these mean. 
And for each of the next subsequent five episodes, Samir and I are going to take the whole time for that podcast to go through each of the five domains, you know, and so let, let's talk about them real fast. And, and the first three, everybody's heard, everybody's heard of people, process and technology, right? That's a standard saying for everybody, but we have five now. And the reason we have five is because as we started to look into this, we started to realize that people process and technology aren't enough. It isn't enough to really be able to transform a company. It's only surface level. So the two more that we've added are data and culture, right? So first thing, let's, let's quickly highlight people. People is going to be the first one. So in our minds, when you look at people, it's this idea, you know, Samir and I were just talking about this before the it was this idea that, you know, and, and I wrote down this phrase that you, when you and I were talking, it's say that your workforce is your primary ambassador. They're your first contact, right? It, it's so important exactly. that the people, the company really have that customer facing view. And you talked about this concept of one human experience and, and that kind of blew my mind. It, it was this thing about saying, you're not just combining your internal staff, right? But you're also looking at your customers. You're also looking at your vendors. And it's not just them working independently. One is not more important than the other. You're saying that the internal and the external are equally as important, but it's all about one human experience. You know, and, and, and finally with that, I was even talking to Samir about this quote that I remember from back in our Rackspace days was, you know, one of our senior leaders you know, because I, I used to do some of the tours. I was one of the guys that did the tours at Rackspace, and I was talking about, you know, hiring at the time. I think we were hiring like 40 to 50 people a month. It was kind of insane. And I started to highlight fanatical support, and I was taking them across that place where we have the straitjacket. They're like, what do you mean this fanatical support, all this crazy stuff? And I said, well, if you think about it, Rackspace offers fanatical support, right? It's its customer service model. But fanatical support is only capable, possible by, by a culture that supports that type of customer service. But in order to have that culture, you have to hire the right people. So the hiring the right people offers a great culture, and that culture then can enable a great customer service like fanatical support. So it all starts with people. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really important. And I, I guess I want to get your takes more on, on this whole people thing before the other one. I mean, just, you know, why do you think, especially in your experience as, as a people manager and, you know, large corporations, I mean, when you're looking at the, the people there, why is it so important that. You know, it, it is exactly like you yeah. said. So, you know, kind of resonating what you just uh, talked about, Jeremy, now, one of the biggest fundamental differences in the organizations that are world-class uh, versus the organizations that are not world-class, those that are aspiring to be, or those that are uh, not even thinking about is is the difference in how they treat their people. Yes. And I've worked with organization, the mantra was, oh, people first. We want to be customer first. You know, they always talked about customer first and customer positioning mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things. Whereas if you look at those organizations, they were not taking into consideration their internal talent, uh, which was their one of the, the primary asset, which is their employees, their yep. people. Yep. Uh, when you don't, when you're going full on customer first, but forgetting that your people are not being treated well, 
you can never get to the goal of the customer first. I mean, that's the hard truth that organizations and leaders have started mm -hmm. to realize that they cannot become customer first by first becoming people first. So my mantra and the word that I started using in my previous organization uh, and companies that I worked with is I'm not going to be solely focused on customer first. I'm going to be people first. When you do that, when you introduce that, then you encompass your employees, your vendors, and your mm -hmm. customers all together in one cohesive, uh, you know, kind of a human first uh, experience. Awesome. And then you start to you start to introduce new initiatives in the organization that your people are going to be bought onto. If you're treating your people like crap and shitty, and you know you're, they're getting miserable, they're disgruntled employees, and they're like, "Oh, as an organization, we're going to go and be customer first. We're going to deliver and <laughs> amazing experience." It is not going to happen. It's not. It's not going to happen. And this is the wake up call for our leaders that they need to be on top of this and realize that it all starts within your organization, not from outside. And hundred percent agree. Cool. Okay, so that's people. The next one there is process. And, you know, process, we can go on a lot of different things, but th there's a quote that I've heard talking to small, small businesses, to mid, mid-sized companies, to large Fortune 100, Fortune 50 companies. And it's this phrase that really bugs me when it comes to this second domain, which is, yeah, we've always done it this way. Ugh, it makes you want to cringe when you hear people say that. Process, process is about innovation. And, and so one of the things... And, and Samir, let me kind of give you some ideas first on some studies I've been doing and then get into your part. But for me, process is all about this idea that you want to innovate your processes, right? You want to find something new and innovative to drive for rather than taking something that's old and archaic and just repeating it over and over. It's almost like the, the concepts of science, right? It's like getting the same crappy results and doing that over and over again. That's the definition of insanity, Right. And so in order to really drive a unique and new process for your company, you have to be innovative. And I, when I look at it, I see two different specifics that, that create innovation and you have to introduce these. The first one is diversity. And the second element of that is chaos, right? You have to introduce diversity in the room, diversity in experience, whether people are you know, six months out of college or six months on the job to somebody who's been there for 10, 20 years, you need that diversity in the room in order to have multiple points of view. But then you also need chaos. And I'm not saying chaos like, oh, let's go and have our people internally fight with each other. And then all of a sudden, everybody's calling up HR. No, good chaos is we're going to have great discussion. We're going to have a chaotic environment where we take all these different things and push them together and see what comes out because we need this type of good chaos and that drives innovation. And for me, process is all about saying we can have new great people come in and we can have all these new things that say we onboard new technologies, but if you're still using the same archaic processes to solve your problems, you're still going to be back at square one. You know, nothing's ever going to change. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting argument. Like, you know, I know you presented one side of the coin, like organizations today are using legacy processes and they don't want to change unless their industry get disrupted and now it's too late. Now they're mm -hmm. playing catch up, right? Uh, and there are lots of different examples. Um, Kodak is one of them that they had a specific process 
um, they have implemented in the organization and they were proud of the process for developing these films and using a traditional film to uh, a traditional film camera and they kept on identifying new types of processes to improve the quality of the film Whereas, in fact, uh, not a lot of people know that at one point of time in their journey, they were the first one to actually come up with the digital imagery uh, way before Sony and other organizations uh, take that in consideration. So they already had the digital imagery. As a matter of fact, one part of their department, uh, I don't know if it was a research or something, they presented this case to the leadership and said, hey, you know, digital imagery is the way to go. And here we have a prototype, a product that we can use. And the leadership said, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. You know, I don't think the world is going in the digital side so fast. People are not going to like that low quality digital cameras. Yep. And uh, we should stick to these films. And you know what happened? Like they got disrupted by Sony and many others in the digital yep. era. And Sony also get disrupted by iPhones and the new era of digital imagery on your mobile devices. But long story short, relying too heavily and getting too proud of your uh, internal processes and ignoring what's happening in the external market is yeah. is extremely a wrong way to look at things and that is one of the beauties of the transformation is you take all of that into consideration you take your people you take your processes and few others that we're going to talk about but that's that's kind of my take on that i agree okay cool so the third one is technology right so we've all heard about technology and for me, you know, technology is all about saying you gotta, you, you gotta bring in sometimes new technologies to uh, enable you to be able to be innovative and to try new things and to transform your company. A lot of people, you know, will do one of two things, right? They'll stick with their digital legacy technologies that they have on site that they've been using for 20 years that maybe they've invested millions of dollars in and they can't get out of. So they're never going to get rid of them. But the other thing is some people come in and say, well, we're just going to get rid of all the old stuff and just get new stuff. Well, it's not as easy as that, right? There's no specific formula to how you're looking at your, your tech stack to figure out what you need to do with regards to technology. It's, it's doing that assessment and doing that audit of what are you using? Is it effective? Is it working? Does everything have a purpose? And does that technology talk to each other, right? Are you building silos? You know, do you have a closed garden? Do you have an open garden, right? Do you, do you have silos or do you have a, an ecosystem, right? You know, it's, it's how building out your technology stack. And it's important as an enabler in your digital transformation from my point of view. Yeah, and that, that's exactly where it all starts, right? It's the assessment. It, and I think that you're going, when we go to the technology component, uh, there are a few different uh, words that I would like to bring to the table. When people mm -hmm. talk about digital transformation and all they're doing marketing automation, uh, that's not digital transformation. That <laughs> no. is producing yeah. automation in one part of your business, which is email marketing. You know, and, yep. and I get like, you know, sometimes I get really frustrated. Like, you know, don't tell, don't tell me that you're doing digital transformation when you're implementing a marketing automation platform. No. Same thing as CRM. When people introduce a new CRM platform, they are introducing an automation for their sales teams, either Salesforce or SugarShare or CRM or any other CRMs. That is just one part of the transformation. Transformation is very different than automation or digitization. Like, you know, uh, if, uh, if a, a particular department went through complete digitization of their documentation process, 
by using some internal homegrown technology and external technology, that is not digital transformation. Digital transformation mm -hmm. by definition is a mandate that where an entire organization is first recognizing, including the leadership, that there is a need for change throughout all types of businesses and activities, yep. business units you have. And there is a mandate from a leadership standpoint to go and transform the entire organization. There is a budget available. There are core digital transformation teams that have been set in place to launch the initiatives. And uh, all of this happens in the governance of you know, a combination of external vendors. And then you go through a transformation as an organization. So coming to the technology piece, that yes, it's absolutely important for us to pay attention to what you have today. And like Jeremy said, it all starts with an assessment. Correct. Cool. So we have the first three that everybody knows, people process, technology, people process and technology. And the fourth one here is data. So one of the things we're looking at, and Samir and I have you know, different points of view on how that is, is with data, it's this idea that are you using, are you utilizing the full amount of data that you need for your company in order to make decisions, right? It's, it's not just saying, hey, I use one aspect of data. I, will, I need to be able to use all types of data. I need all to use the full 100% um, of the data that I have to, in order to be able to make decisions and not saying that you're spending millions of dollars on 10% of data that's not even talking to other tools. The data needs to be able to be connected, and we'll go into more detail on that. And the last one to highlight before we jump off here um, on this intro podcast is culture, right? Culture is this concept that it needs to, you need to build a culture of innovation. You need to build a culture of change. And digital transformation cannot happen if the entire company but he doesn't believe in it. And it has to be supported by the executive team and it has to be a top-down initiative, right? And so- And, and that's a great, yeah, that's yeah. a great point that you bring up is, you know, when you talk to the culture, culture is actually the glue of digital transformation, right? If you don't have the right type of culture in the organization and the mindset, like, you know, five, 10% of your organization is old school, legacy people, they don't worry about what's happening in the world. Other, other you know, 40% is focused on um, having some automation initiative, which they think is going to change our organization. And the 50% is just drinking the Kool-Aid, like nothing's going to happen. Uh, you, you're, gonna ha you're not going to have the culture of change. Uh, even though, as the points that I mentioned earlier, if your leadership is bought in, they have a transformation team set up. They have the budget and resources to make it happen. And they are behind all the different initiatives. They still want to be participating in instituting a culture of change in the organization, which is, uh, which is as, as, as an in, inherently, they're using that to adapt to change on a consistent basis. So digital transformation is like not a one-stop shop. In the next one, we're gonna talk about, uh, in the next podcast, we're gonna talk about uh, the opportunities we have uh, across the different spectrums of digital transformation and what are the different levels of transformation. But to leave you with that today, uh, the idea is to look at all facets, all the different uh, uh, initiatives across your people, process, technology, data, and culture. And, uh, and having said that, I think that's what I feel is uh, really important for us to consider as a digital organization, as a marketing organization, as a sales organization, is moving us, spearheading the change, 
and moving in the direction of digital transformation mindset and digital transformation strategy, governance, and processes. So looking forward to connecting with you guys in this, uh, the, the following shows we're going to have. We're going to talk about each of these facets, but we're going to go and dive deeper as we have already always done with our podcast. Uh, make sure that you, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, you can use any of the modern podcasting tool in your app and you will find us there. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, I look forward, and Jeremy and I look forward to connecting with you guys in this digital transformation series. We're really, really excited to bring you new, cool, and cutting-edge thoughts and ideas from the industry, stories and case studies that can help you uh, evolve and transform your organization. Again, looking forward to catching up with you and in this uh, Analytics Today podcast series. You can find us on analyticstodaypodcast.com or you can send us reviews on iTunes. Have a great day.